Sup, unicorns. Dragons. And Polly. Oh, oh my. my. Welcome back, Welcome Menagerie. Welcome back, Menagerie. Yeah. So we are here for another episode. Um, the, Chelsea inter- the Chelsea interview. We are going to do part two today. Part as well two. as some other content. Um, I don't think we really have any uh, listener feedback right now. So we're just going to jump right in. You guys ready to fucking just do it? Get in it? Yes. Let's, let's get do it. it. Do it. So I think it's pretty cool that uh, it sounds like pretty unanimously every um, situation that you've faced where you think, oh, shit, or maybe I shouldn't say this, or maybe I shouldn't do this. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it has, has turned out pretty well in the end, you know, like, I think that's pretty awesome for you. And that doesn't happen for everybody. And I think that that's just pretty rad. You're rad. Well, thank you. (laughs) I I think it's, I think it's really, it's not about risk taking for the sake of it. It's about risk taking to be yourself. And if you do that, that, if, if you do that motivated by that true intention, you can't lose on the other side of it. That's the point. You know what I mean? So literally this is accessible to anybody, but you just, it's a, it's a compass thing. It's a checking in with your heart and your friends and your the universe thing. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. So one thing that um, I know I'm going to get questions and I, I, I just want to like, I want to address it before, before I get questions after the interview. So in terms of, you know, being a sex worker, so are you like, do you have like sugar daddies? Yes. Yes. Please so, do this. I'm, I love this idea. I don't know why. I mean, I love, I've seen it online in terms of girls being like, you know, I want to be sugar babies and they're looking for it. And I just, the whole idea of it is just, it's fascinating to me. So just, I'm sure other people too. There's just, just yeah. walk us through. So for me, this is a very, I, I, I really had to conceptualize a lot to figure out how to make this a, it's kind of a vocation. It sounds weird if for some, maybe not on your podcast, but for no, some, no, you no, know, no, work no, is yeah. no, work. So, so the same path that I was, honestly, the same path that I was pursuing trying to be a doctor because I, I, I'm a healer. I'm a, naturally a healer. That path is also what I'm pursuing as a sex worker. So it looks a lot of different ways. Um, but basically what I try to do is, is, heal be there for people be a support um and have an exchange that is fair you know and that's where the like compensation comes in but but what i provide to that person is totally unique to the situation so uh, there are people that i um person that we i take hallucinogens went with them i take psychedelics with them um, yeah. an older white male who, who yeah. typically wouldn't have and they're, they're yeah, just, he just <clears throat> so he just wants someone to hang out with and get fucked up with totally but but yeah. beyond that this is also a, this, Share, this a shared experience totally and in this particular the, the one person i'm thinking of i do this with multiple people uh, from time to time but the one person i'm thinking of in particular really didn't feel like those types of things were were accessible to them right and so okay, i'm also right. someone who who does does hallucinogens a lot and finds it really therapeutic for me um 
so you know what I mean so it's like yeah like and not (laughs) not like it's not like I'm 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 a great guru or something but it's it's about being companionate and and loving right and so that looks a lot of different ways to a lot of different people and I don't think I I honestly wish there weren't a pay barrier for it for everyone but I I mean I think that it should be something that your insurance covers to be honest with you at the end of the day but um yeah I don't I, I don't think anybody should have to feel weird about about you know, compensating someone for companionship. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So there's times where like, you're just basically like providing just companionship. It's not. Yeah. 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 I get, I get paid to walk and hold hands with people. Um, you know, I get, I get, uh, paid to, it's, it's, I don't do this as much, but friends of mine do this and I've done a little bit on online. I've been only fans. So I've engaged with some people in there. People, people sometimes just want to be ignored like actually ignored, like, huh. for, you know, a friend really? of mine has, has, has oh. clients where they will pick up the phone and like do their dishes and shit around the house. And every once in a while I go, are you still on the line? You're a loser and put it back down for a little bit, but they pay like, I mean, a lot of money a minute, wow. per minute you know? So, so but crazy. like, and that's the cool Maybe thing is like, start making phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's, so here's the issue, right? Like when I just, so that's why I started it by saying, this is a, it's a vocation first that you need to kind yeah, of create absolutely. some, define your boundaries around for, for your right. own self and then be motivated to go forward and then provide that service to people. If you decide, you know what? I can make a lot of money selling used panties. The chances of you being successful at that are very slim. That's saying, oh, you can make money by just, by people just looking at pictures of your feet. Some people do, but not the people that are like, hey, I'm going to take a picture of my foot and put it on the internet. It's just that that's, and that's actually misleading for people, you know? Yeah. It's the people who work at it, like any other business. <laughs> yes. So, um, not to get off like our, our normal schedule, but like someone that wants to get, let's say, into this lifestyle, like what, what advice would you give them? Like uh, pretend you are two years back. What would you tell yourself? As a sex worker, you mean, or just in general? Uh, just in general. I mean, sex worker. Just... Any advice to anything yeah with you in this lifestyle we don't like to put limits yeah Yeah, okay um so curiosity just personal curiosity is something that we have trained out of us from from the moment we're I think in schools and um and we're kind of taught about all the things that would it's really you you can be anything you want to be that's what they tell us you can be anything you want to be the really good things to be are all these things that denies personal investigation it 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 denies you of a formation of identity that i think each and every human is entitled to so that is my first and foremost advice about any single thing that is like doesn't sit right in your head is say huh first first and foremost that's i mean that's part of the reason i love um cannabis that's why i part of the reason i love hallucinogens i find them to be substances that allow you to be more curious and open-minded and not as like, Oh, I know what this is. It's this, 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 it goes, well, maybe, maybe it's this other thing. And it's that kind of curiosity that, you know, anything that makes you feel squicky, especially around sex, just look at it for a second. Don't look away the next time. It reminds me of how usually your first reaction to something is your trained reaction, your ingrained reaction, how you're told you, you should react. And I think what you're talking about of sitting with that 
discomfort allows you to see past that ingrained initial knee-jerk reaction and say, hey, you know what? Maybe this doesn't have to be something upsetting or bad. Maybe people were just telling me it wasn't okay. There's a lot of programming that, that I mean, you know, even, even where I'm at now, I consider myself a feminist. I consider myself pretty, you know, liberal on a lot of topics, progressive on a lot of topics, um, tapped into a lot of woke, if you will, super fucking woke. Um, I, I mean, on a daily basis, there's stuff that I, I'm here, I hear go on in my head and I'm like, that is not my thought. Wait, what? Like, what? Why would right, I think that? Right. Yeah. Especially but with gender stuff. It's like that one has, has been really hard for me to, to try to undo is, the, is growing up presenting female. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your community. I know that uh, you kind of got into this lifestyle and you've um, met a bunch of friends and and you have like a great support network. So um, dive into that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, so I, I've kind of found a a community in Philadelphia of people that are radically accepting. Uh, it, it includes other sex workers, but it includes, you know, former drug users, current drug users, people that are in alternative kinds of recovery from substance abuse, um, people that are unhoused, people that are unemployed. It's just all these people that are going through it and loving one another. It's part of it is, is realizing that we are all in a shared struggle and that the conditions that we're all working and living and trying to exist in are, are abysmal and we're all kind of suffering alongside of one another. So inherently by, you know, stepping into this world and stepping into this lifestyle, stepping into this as a career, I want better for all of us. I want to uplift all of us and I want to make it safer and easier to be a dancer. I wanted to make it safer and easier to be a sex worker. I want people to, uh, destigmatize this kind of work and this kind of lifestyle. And I, I honestly think it'll be better for everyone because a lot of people are, are bent this way too. And they just, you know, they don't, they don't want to know it yet. So do you want to talk about a little bit about like the suffrage and the activism that you've been absolutely so working towards and maybe ways that other people can help support if they don't, maybe if they maybe yeah, don't know how to get to the, involved, with speak that. to the audience. Like you know, no one knows okay. exactly where you're coming from, and like, what would you educate people about? So first and foremost, I think that we need to recognize that there are forms of sex work that are completely legal in this country that are treated as if they were illegal, or or they use exploitative techniques, and they're baked into the industry because of the nature of the work. I'm talking about in strip clubs. I'm talking about in legal massage parlors. I'm talking, I mean, the, the horrific thing that just happened. I mean, you know, like this is, this is real. And part, and a lot of that yeah. is, is this yeah. really this consideration of sex workers as less than human. Um, it's, 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 I, unfortunately it's part of the, the way we're programmed, right? It's, it's kind of, it's part of the industry. Yeah. I mean, well, it's been our, part of societal conditioning. Our programming is, is like, don't talk about sex. Don't mention sex. Right. Don't right. have sex. Don't have yeah, sex. Should be only for no, making babies. But, but at, or, the same, at the same time, like even like in terms of a guy's perspective, like guys kind of see that portion of like 
strippers or massage pods, they, they really see them as like, it's like, a, like, like yeah. dehumanizing yeah. them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah it's terrible. And, and, and- it's terrible. Treating, treating sex workers as yeah. sex objects yeah. instead of and you know and so 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 for me professionals who are providing unnecessary so service. I found myself after this whole lifetime of pursuing something very noble, which is being a physician. I found myself working as a dancer and loving it and really enjoying it, um, and then finding out that because that was the thing that I was good at. And that was the thing that I felt comfortable doing. And that turns out was my calling and I could actually make a living at that because of the nature of it, even though it was completely legal and, and consensual that I had to be ritualistically abused and subjugated. I just wasn't about to have that. And, and I'm also at this point, after all this work that I put into loving myself and living this beautiful, wonderful life, I'm not about to let anybody tell me otherwise which is a kind of a, but yeah. so in my situation, I, I am coming from a, you know, a whole different background. I'm coming from a place where like, I, you know, I have a shit ton of privilege too. You know, I, 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 I care a lot about uplifting all the people around me. I care a lot about like, I'm choosing to do this work. We all choose to do this work. We're called to do this work. We are brilliant individuals we are we are some of the most creative and and empathetic souls that you'll ever meet it doesn't make any sense it it like it just doesn't make common sense when you're actually living it on a day-to-day basis that that there's all these this abusiveness baked in and not to mention just just shame and you know people just degrading you it's it's bizarre to me when i see the reality of of how this work is done and people who do it well and with longevity, the kind of people, the quality of people that do it. To follow up on that, I think it's very important to acknowledge the fact that in our culture and, you know, around the world, I would venture to say, power and sex are very deeply intertwined in a negative, non-consensual, domineering way to enforce subjugation. And so it's very hard for most people to separate that from the idea of sex. Right. And it's very, very powerful that you and this community in general have really found a way to look past that and separate that and really look at sex as a loving experience and a way to make a connection instead of something that's really shouldered with all this shame. And and that's, it's an excellent point. And that's part of why it's so painful and intolerable for me to exist and allow this thing to exist this way is because of all it's, it's beyond pointless. It's so so stupid and and so i guess to be specific there's there's especially with the industry of dancing stripping there's so much built into that that makes no goddamn sense except to take advantage and and just leech from actual dancers some basic things people don't realize dancers pay to be there you rent the space so if you don't earn back as much as you pay to rent the space you pay to take your clothes off Wow. What? 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 Yeah. 
I had no, this yeah. Is, this wait. is why education and just <laughs> yeah. talking about it wait, is hold on, so, hold on, so hold on, important. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. So tell me, like, what do you pay in terms of rent to get that space? Would it, like, depends on the club. On the club that you dance yeah, get, get, okay. Give an example. Give, give an example. Oh, yeah, depends, depends on the club. Depends on the shift. Um, so the two clubs that I was working at the, in the past, I've only been dancing for like a little more than a year in clubs. So, um, and, and I worked before, like, I mean, maybe six weeks before COVID hit. And then I did, uh, I went back each time that we, the clubs reopened. Um, and right now I'm taking another little breather. So there was like, when I was first started a year ago, you only could have so many girls on a night because th- that was the, the only way it was fair for people to make money. Um, they are not, no longer doing that. Because they're they are they are twenty five percent capacity, but with no and not now, but you know these, this is part of the reason right. I took a little break. Right, 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 right. <laughs> just maddening. Just to be, yeah, well, and to go in there and pay money to so take your clothes yeah. off. You're saying they wouldn't cap it like uh, they would let as many girls as yes. would pay pay, so, and uh, then if you a- don't get on. Then you don't get on. You already paid your your fee, and so you get on. So so there's okay. a rotation. So there's a rotation of girls dancing, and you're on the floor the entire night. Oh, you okay. make your okay. money. Like some people right. are stage dancing, get stage yeah. tips. Some right. people make yeah. it in the back doing lap mm-hmm. dances. Some people get it going around and twerking on people, and they make it. And and there's all different ways that people deal with the tips. Like there are different ways that cl- the club deals with the tips. Um, but basically, this I guess this takes me to another logical next point. Um, another thing that sucks is that after paying to be there, the club takes fifty percent of everything you earn there. <gasps> Oh 50 for every club? Sorry, 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 sorry. Is that 50%? Depends, depends, depends on the club, depends on the club. So, so for VIP. Before for, you pay? So, your... so, I'll go in, and you go in, and so most places, they used to be, if you if you, you made it by, you had to give your house fee by midnight. So you could go and make your money and then give it to the person. Um, I've had shifts where I had to go out to my car and get money to pay them at the end. Oh, oh my god. god. Which is insane. Which is insane because That's I'm insane. I mean and yeah. on the other uh, like other nights I made over a thousand dollars dancing. You know what I mean? Like I, it's just not it it's it's absolutely absurd. So we'll finish that interview in the next couple weeks, but first we're going to answer a question from one of the listeners. All right, Voodoo Rider, what's the question you got for us this week? All right, guys, I've got a really good one from a male listener, and I've actually brought in a special guest to help us answer this one. You guys have been asking about him, the one, the only, Poseidon. Yeah! Hey, guys, I'm here for my celebrity shot on this question. (laughs) (laughs) So this listener says, how do I know if I'm ready to have someone else in with my girlfriend and I? I'm a man and my girlfriend wants to bring in another man and I'm wanting that as well, but I don't know if I'm ready. I feel jealousy and fear, but I'm still very excited. What do I do? All right. Well, I don't have first hand experience on this one, but we have talked about this a lot. Extensively. Um, yeah. And I will tell you as someone who has who has done every flavor of threesome that there is, except for one where I'm actually in a relationship with the girl. So I'm like, um I've done the like two guys and a girl. And in my experience um you gotta like the guy too like mm-hmm. like like that would that would be my thing it's like you've got to like the guy too he's got to be by like you guys have to have some sort of chemistry there um 
And if, if that doesn't exist, like that's where I feel like all the jealousy and fear comes in, at least for me. Like if I don't, if I don't have a thing for the guy, I don't really feel like it, there's going to be weird chemistry in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, obviously this is a, a guy with bringing another guy, but I mean, it, we kind of have the same message for everyone out there, you know, regardless of what the, uh, the threesome is where, you know, you'd have to be comfortable with the third party coming. Oh in. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, to say about, you know, in a more general, not necessarily, obviously I'm not a male, bisexual male, but, uh, work on what makes you nervous and scared. Like try to, to pinpoint what are the exact things that that fear is coming from and work through that, you know, talk to your girlfriend about it, talk, talk it out. The more you talk through it, the more you bring those fears to the surface and be like, this is what I'm afraid of, or this is what yeah, makes me nervous. Absolutely. The more you're going to be able to overcome that because you do seem excited about the opportunity and it could work if you, if you talk about it and, you know, really delve into and get more excited about the things that you're excited for. I was just going to say that I kind of think of jealousy as the product of other emotions instead Ooh. of an emotion in and of itself. Like maybe instead of jealous, you're actually feeling sad and insecure. Maybe you're worried that Ooh. your partner is going to mm-hmm. like the person coming in more or that maybe they'll do something that you won't or maybe something because of this in your relationship or base will be impacted by what's about to happen. And you should feel confident and safe that your base is sturdy enough to be added to instead of throwing everything and seeing where it lands. I agree with that so much. I mean, the question is, how do I know if I'm ready? And, um, you know, if, if you're still feeling all of those sensations of insecurity, maybe you're not ready and that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that you should be as excited for it as your girlfriend is. If you are, if you are another bisexual man and you want this person to come in, like you need to be as invested as, as your girlfriend is. And you need to make sure that the guy coming in is as interested in be- and invested in you as you are in everyone else too. You totally. know, it's not just about you being interviewed for this other person. It's the other way around too. It's everyone for everyone. Totally agree. It's it's definitely no fun. Like the, the one bad thing about threesomes is done poorly there's always one person who's left out and obviously it sounds like you know your concern is being the person who's left out um and an easy way to remedy that is actually like you have having chemistry with the third as well rather than it just being like one partner has has the chemistry i also have some important advice about feeling left out in a threesome because my first threesome Everyone kind of tried to get down to business before anyone had gone down on me and oh. I had gone down on everyone else. And so I said, um, actually, guys, I would really like someone to go down on me first before we have sex. Good so for you. I am yes, a huge advocate of advocating for yourself and knowing that, you know, the people involved probably aren't out to make you feel excluded. They just are probably very caught up in the excitement and aren't used to having to split their focus. So being able to say, hey, guys, 
I would like this. Yeah, communication. Yeah, yeah. I, obviously we always talk about communication before, after, but like during sex is like a big thing. Like, don't be oh, afraid yeah. to speak mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this person who's feeling jealousy and fear. I mean, that's a big reason why Poseidon and I have had so many extensive conversations about this because we don't want either one of us feeling that way. You know, it a little bit of like that nervous is okay but fear and jealousy are not things that you ever want to go into an experience with because other people can feel that you know if you are in a moment that is jealous or angry because this other man's engaging with your girlfriend you like the energy of that is going to be felt throughout the the other two people right so you want to be excited. You want your partner to be excited. You want your third to be excited. You want to make sure that you guys have a deep set security within your relationship so that those insecurities about the third party just seem irrelevant almost. Yeah. And if I could add a consideration, you know, like um, a lot of people will think about, you know, the spectrum of sexuality, you know, gay, straight, other, all of the things in between. But there's also something about sexuality in terms of, um, you know, who's the more dominant person? Who's the more subby person? Do you want a more dominant or subby person as your third? Like, that's a good, good question to ask yourselves and something to think about. That is a super important question. Yeah. yeah. Super glad that yeah. you, you got that three up. dominant people in like a little, or done, three done, submissive. Done. You're yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I've, had the other, I've had that up the other way around. Right, too right. many subs mm-hmm. in the summary. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then there's just you need a awkwardness because it's like, yeah. you, you do need a captain. That's, that's yeah. the whole thing. Or if, you know like this super dominant relationship you're like are we gonna bring in someone super subby and like take care of them like how's this gonna work so it's yeah it's a it's a question to have and like for me for example I tend to be more dominant with women but more submissive with men and so when we're looking yeah (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) but when we're looking at bringing a third party in like that would be a major consideration that we would have and something that we would ask questions about you know like what what does this look like for you we talked about that on the same night that we talked about the fact that we had both been in like poly relationships before before we he even made a move before he even kissed me we talked about that about who we were more (laughs) dominant or submissive with it's important. Yeah, it is. No, it's good. very important. It is. For so the does anybody else have anything else to chime in for that? I think that was a good question. That was a really good one. Um, thanks, Food Rider. Poseidon, please come on again. Don't, yes. don't yes. We're excited yes. to have you back. We lo- yeah, we would absolutely love to have you back. All right. So thank you. Uh, thank you for the question. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Awesome. Girls, I think it's time for LGBTQI plus news. Presented to you by Bubbles. Exciting news. Vermont is introducing legislation to abolish the gay trans panic defense. So. What is the panic defense? Yeah, what is that? For those of you who don't know, the gay trans panic defense allowed defendants in murder trials to use the discovery of a person's sex, sex assigned at birth, gender expression, gender identity, sexual orientation, etc., to mitigate murder charges against LGBTQI plus people and essentially downgrade their charges to manslaughter. So give me an example. Like in a case where they're like, oh, we think this person killed someone. And then they're like, wait, 
that person. So so this is basically a case of maybe a trans person goes out to a bar. Someone says, hey, can I take you home tonight? And they say, okay. And they spend a wonderful, beautiful night together. And, you know, no. Okay. Sorry. Let me finish the story. (laughs) Go on. They spend a wonderful, beautiful night together. And, you know, casually the next morning, the trans person says, oh, you know, I, this is going to be such a specific weird example (laughs) i I have to go to my trans advocacy meeting today oh okay and the person is homophobic queerphobic and decides to murder that person unfortunately is i was right a common occurrence yes Yes. okay yes go ahead okay um and there are so then they the majority to, of states that is go, a legal defense. A legal uh, defense is that you can legal so like usable defense. But like being like that guy was on it was my a property and I shot him with a shotgun. Oh my Basically, God. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like, know they were oh, gay, was, and because I'm homophobic, when that was revealed, well, they won't say because I'm right. homophobic. Yeah, but, well, but they're like when they are. when I discovered I was that they so enraged and in a fit of passion, they hid like, it from me. Quote unquote. Fuck. Garbage. garbage. It plays <clears throat> into this idea that you know trans people aren't the gender that they identify as and it plays on homophobia and transphobia and so so this article is oh. saying that that is no longer okay that's no longer an excuse well, well they're working people. on it okay. yeah they're working okay. on it so yeah. right now Long there steps, are steps in the right direction yes right now there are 12 states Uh, Maine, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey, Virginia, Illinois, Colorado, Nevada, California, and Washington that have already passed legislation banning the gay trans defense. Okay. Uh, Panic defense. Yeah. Which... Still, is not similar. nearly enough. No, no not, not really. enough. Nope, and not so it like gives me chills in like the horrible way, knowing that that exists. That that people do like ugh, it bursts my happiness bubble. Mm-hmm. Of yeah, thinking that people right. are good and honest and accepting. Be good and honest <laughs> and accepting, people. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> um, so right now, Stop this garbage. Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Pennsylvania, Maryland, North Carolina, Florida, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Texas, New Mexico, and Oregon have all introduced legislation to potentially overturn the use of the gay trans panic defense. So, hey guys, call your state representatives. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Get involved with government. Let people know that this is not okay. No, it's not okay. Yeah, definitely reach out to your state and local representatives. Every person, you know, makes a difference. I know it feels like one person doing something isn't really getting anywhere, but it does. No, it does. Yeah, it does. Reach out. Do your part. Each snowflake in an avalanche is significant. So thanks for uh, tuning in again this week. Um, you guys should know our social media by now. Do we need to say it every single time? Yes, you say it every single time in case. Okay. It, no, you say okay. it every single time so okay. that new listeners know exactly where to reach you yes. so everyone feels important right. and we have All consistency right. well in said, our bubbles, podcast. Well said. Bubbles, no. So unicorns, dragons, and Polly. A-N-D. Oh my. A and D. 
Uh, unicorns, uh, dragons, and Polly, A-N-D, at gmail.com. That's also our Instagram handle. handle and um, this is a Facebook group. You can find us. We all know. You guys can find us, right? If you unicorns, know, dragons, and A-N-D, Polly, at whatever you're looking at. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> That's listen. That's the important part. And we'll we've talk covered to you, all bases. We'll talk to you next week. Be kind to all kinds, people. <laughs>